Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Sensemaker. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The Sensemaker. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, the three dads on a mission to change the way we talk about suicide. And just a quick heads up that this episode does discuss suicide, so some people might find it distressing. I'm Andy Airy and I'm Sophie's dad. I'm Tim Owen and I'm Emily's dad. I'm Mike Palmer, and I'm Beth's dad. Andy, Tim and Mike. They're three fathers who, until recently, had never met. But they have one thing in common. All three of them have lost a daughter to suicide. It's the biggest killer of young people under 35. And this year, they set out to do something about it. If we can stop, you know, one of the family going through what we're going through, then this has all been, been worth it. They decided that they were going to walk the 300 miles between their homes from Cumbria to Norfolk via Greater Manchester to raise money and awareness for the suicide prevention charity Papyrus. Well, go on then. That's a good idea. (laughs) And actually, it proved to be a bloody brilliant idea, hasn't it? (laughs) So the question is, what can be done to stop young people taking their own lives? Mike's daughter Beth was a talented musician who just signed to a record label. He remembers her as funny and quick, a born performer. Everyone's friend, everyone's best friend, uh, loved the family, loved everyone, amazingly talented. She could sing, she could dance. She she really had everything, you know. She, She was absolutely loved and loved back. She was just 17 when she took her own life in March 2020. Mike says she was struggling to deal with the lockdown. Suddenly, all she'd planned and was looking forward to was redundant. You know, the the knock-on effect is, uh, I describe it as a, as a wrecking ball, you know, coming through you. You end up in a, in a million pieces, basically under the ground. And you, then you've got to try and pull all those pieces together to just operate on the most basic level you know and yeah these feelings feelings of anger despair and basically you know unfortunately suicide often has the knock-on effect of suicide and I certainly was at that point myself and I will freely admit it and I think if anyone's been in the same position they'll understand. In the days after Beth's death Mike met Tim on social media someone who was in the same position Tim's daughter Emily had died around the same time as Beth. She was 19 years old and a gifted artist. She worked in her local pub and loved driving her mini around Norfolk. But like Beth, she'd been struggling with all the sudden changes. Emily had autism and as the Covid restrictions tightened, she found it harder to cope. The streets, the village was absolutely lined with people saying goodbye to her. 
but we literally got home at 10.30 in the morning, 25-minute crematorium service of the creme, and we got rid of our 19-year-old daughter, and that was it. And I remember my wife saying to me, you know, in absolute tears at 10.30, that's it, she's gone, there's no wake, there's no nothing for her, no one will remember her in, in a year's time. And at that point, I thought, we've got to find some way of remembering M. And I didn't know what that was at the time, but I knew something positive had to come out of it. Together, Tim and Mike hatched a plan to honour their girls. And that's when Mike went to Cumbria to meet Andy. Very emotionally charged, Mike, wasn't it? Really uh, powerful stuff. Uh, We talked about our daughters and what we'd learned and the feelings that we'd had. Andy's daughter Sophie died just before Christmas in 2018, aged 29. She was a cancer nurse in Edinburgh, well-respected and a real team player, he says. But she had a lot going on in her personal life. Still, her death came out of the blue. You start off where the world ceases to exist. You know, you're crushed uh, beyond belief. The, uh, everything you understand as normal has gone. Um, so you just start off with you, you wonder how you're actually going to survive. Shortly after Sophie's funeral, Andy ran a half marathon using her entry. And he realised that might be a way to, in his words, pull something positive out of the wreckage. And so when Mike, who had heard about all of Andy's runs, told him about his idea for the walk and about Tim, Andy decided he was up for another challenge. Three dads, 300 miles, 15 days. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On the 9th of October this year, they set off from Moorland in Cumbria. They didn't know what to expect. It's all right. We're live. All right, we are live, in fact, from Shatfell Summit. In the video I'm watching now, from that first day, they're high up the fell, the sky almost entirely grey, wearing these matching orange cagoules. They've been joined by the local mayor. You Come. said it wasn't going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me, said Andy. It'll be fun, said Andy. <laughs> well, has it been fun? Yeah. And I have to say, they're all looking a little uncertain. But as you can hear, approaching this whole challenge with perhaps unexpected humour and camaraderie, they're talking about this really tough, personally raw subject. And they're doing so publicly, which is even more tricky. But that's the most important thing, they say, talking. If you lose a loved one to cancer or a loved one to heart disease, that's perfectly acceptable in society. But when the most complex organ in your body goes wrong and someone makes a bad decision and takes their own life, immediately the rest of the family, the friends and stuff kind of shut down and we don't want to talk about it. And I think us being so open has allowed people that opportunity, like it's almost like a life raft for people. They've jumped on it and gone, blimey, if those three old blokes can talk about it, then we can talk about it. Professor Anne John chairs the National Advisory Group in Wales on the prevention of suicide and self-harm. She says it's hard to exaggerate the importance of simply talking, especially for those at risk. When you talk to young people, lots of them have experiences of when they're talking about feeling really distressed or down or 
they've they've self-harmed that that people respond by being quite dismissive or sort of thinking that they're um, attention seeking and they want to avoid that they also don't want to be a burden so one of the um, when, when people are very low one of the feelings that people talk about a lot is being a burden to people you know they don't want to cause any trouble and I think that's part of feeling so low but it also is a barrier to seeking help because they're not realising that that's what they need. On each day of the walk, their dads were joined by people who had their own stories about loved ones who died by their own hand. I started walking at 7.30, if not a little bit before, and although the route might only take us nine hours of walking, by the time we'd stopped and spoken to all these people, that naturally slowed us down. So some days we were walking for, you know, over 13 hours, finishing in the dark, you know, coming off the hills in the dark with head torches on. And it was all a challenge, but it was, you realise you were part of something a bit bigger than the individual, you know, each of of us. And And as they walked, they attracted more and more attention. They were touching all sorts of people, even Hollywood stars. Actors Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman donated £10,000 each to the cause. After 15 days and 300 miles, they arrived in Sholdham in Norfolk to a hero's welcome, having raised more than half a million pounds. That figure is now over £800,000. But, the dads say, the money is not the point. Tim, Andy and Mike say they want to break the stigma around suicide. It can happen in any family. And they are particularly focused on suicide prevention in young people. Since finishing the walk, they've written a letter to the Prime Minister and to the Education Secretary calling for suicide awareness to be included in PSHE lessons. That's lessons in personal, social, health and economic issues. At the moment, although it's the biggest killer of under-35s in the UK, there's nothing in the curriculum that specifically tackles suicide awareness. Walk down the road, the number of parents that had said, well, if we knew that the most dangerous thing in our young people's lives were themselves... We could have done something about it, but nobody, nobody told us. Nobody told us. The dads say that young people, particularly teenagers, have so much to cope with. Social media, pressure at school, and now the pandemic. And they're dealing with things when they don't necessarily have the skills and the maturity that they need. Dr John says that people in positions of authority, such as teachers or other adults, also need help. They need training to know what to say to someone who's in trouble. But of course, helping people with poor mental health costs money, which, as local authorities and the NHS will tell you, is in short supply. Two years into a pandemic that's particularly affected the everyday lives of young people and has taken them away from services or support they might get at places such as school or college, it's more crucial than ever. For the three dads back with their families after their walk, the focus now is on spreading the word and trying to prevent other families experiencing their pain. Uh, but from what we're hearing, you know, the amount of people that have reached out to help, to ask for help, it is uh, been overwhelming and we will have saved lots of lives. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Sensemaker. Please do share it with a friend. Today's story was written by me, Claudia Williams, and produced by Amy Harper. If you've been affected by this story and would like confidential advice on preventing suicide, you can contact Papyrus Hopeline UK on 0800 068 4141 or text 07860 039 967 or you can email pat at papyrus-uk.org. That's p-a-t at p-a-p 
www.yrus-uk.org. The Sensemaker 